everybody. This is Adina Bannock, and you're listening to Meta Mondays on the BBS radio station number one. And today I have Dr. Susan Shumsky on. Let me tell you the the way the universe works once again. The <laughs> this is so strange. I was literally at that moment looking I found some notes that I had done on a past show about chakras and I had been reading off a list and everybody knew that it wasn't hidden of everything having to do with the chakras and I found it and this was going back about six weeks ago and I found this list and I thought wow you know what I want to do an update on this now I just want you to know I had I had nothing new to tell you, nothing. I don't know why I wanted to do that because, as I said, I had no new information to give you. Anything I wanted to talk about would have been my, my, my own healing with it and what I've done for clients. At that moment, literally, and maybe less than a minute later, my phone lit up with a Gmail from Dr. Shumsky, literally, talking about chakras. I couldn't believe it. Even me, who has these things happen and talks about them, could not believe it. So, (laughs) what do you do in a situation like that? You thank God, you take, um, you just say thank you, and you take advantage of the opportunity immediately. I wrote her within that second. Let me just introduce Dr. Shumsky and give me a minute because I don't want to skimp on anything this woman has done with her life. Um, She's dedicated her life to helping people take command of their lives in a highly effective and powerful way. She's the best-selling author of 13 published books by Simon and Shoster. Um, She's a pioneer in the human potential field. And that is exactly why I did this show, The Human Potential, because I want you to know that wherever you are, you have the potential to be wherever you want to be. And she has spent nearly 50 years teaching thousands of people meditation, prayer, affirmation, and tuition. Her books include, excuse me, Color Your Chakras, Exploring Chakras, The Power of Chakras, Awaken Your Third Eye, Exploring Auras, The Power of Auras, Miracle Prayer, Divine Revelation, Exploring Meditation, How to Hear the Voice of God, Ascension, Instant Healing, and Awaken Your Divine Intuition. Dr. Shumsky is a highly respected spiritual teacher, and she's the award-winning author and founder of Divine Revelation. It's a unique field, proven technology for contacting the divine presence, hearing and testing your inner voice, and receiving clear divine guidance. For 22 years, her mentor was Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, who was guru of the Beatles and the guru of Deepa Chopra. Dr. Shumsky served on Maharishi's personal staff for seven years. She's been a sought-after media 
guest and a highly acclaimed professional speaker. She's done over 600 speaking engagements and over 850 media appearances. Oh my God, I'd be, I would be wiped out. Since her first book was published, including Woman's World, G. Clue, Cosmopolitan, Los Angeles Times, nationally syndicated TV and radio, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox News, Coast to Coast AM with George Nooney and William Shatner's Weird or What? <laughs> um, she is featured in the movie in the movies Three Magic Words and The Illuminated Ones. Her websites are www.com. D-R-S-U-S-A-N dot org and www dot divine travels that's D-I-V-I-N-E T-R-A-V-E-L-S dot com and with that I would really love to introduce Dr. Susan Shumsky. Dr. Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, I can't. I am so honored, really. And I'm so amazed that at that moment, as I was doing that, you and I have to say one more thing. No one, those three days had been inordinately quiet for me. I had received no pop-up emails except for one from someone that I was very close to and you in three days. So it was definitely ordained that you were to be on the show. And so that means that somebody out there needs you. It really, they really do. And um, so uh, please, let's talk about anything you want to. I have a lot of questions for you. I know um, probably the people listening have a lot of questions for you because otherwise you wouldn't be here. But what would you like to talk about? Would you like to talk about the book um, color your chakras or you want to talk about some of the work you've done. Um, I'm fascinated by whatever you want to speak about, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the book color your chakras. That's my latest book. Oh, you spell, wait, wait. I'm saying it wrong when I say chakras. That's correct. It's chakras. It's chakras. Yes. It's Okay, uh, get all right. Now, people notice that every time you hear me say chakras, correct me. It's chakras. Okay. Correct. Okay. Can I ask you a question? I'm sure. kind of I'm kind of like going fast, and I'm skipping around a little bit, but I do know what the I I know mostly everything. But what is a ka? <laughs> gonna laugh at me. What's a kasha? Kosha? No, it's a kosha. You know, I I was thinking, you know, in Judaism, there's a food called kasha. So I'm thinking, do yeah. I eat it or do I say it? I'm joking. Right. So, uh, yeah, kosha. Kosha is a sheath. It's an energy sheath. So we have five major energy sheaths. That are that comprise our gross and physical, gross physical and subtle bodies. So we have the physical sheath, physical body sheath, which is called the Anamaya Kosha, and 
that means food sheath. So these are layers, layers of our various bodies that fill and surround our physical body. So the food sheath is the physical body because it's made of food, it's it's sustained by food, and it becomes food for something else after we're gone. So that's why it's called the food sheath or Adamaya Kosha. Okay, so I don't want to take you away from the beginning because that's what I did. You have 14 chakras instead of seven. But let's start at the beginning because I don't want to lead anybody astray. What is the aura? Okay, that's what I was explaining right now, what the aura is. The aura consists of these koshas, these sheaths. So there's the physical body sheath, which is called Anamaya Kosha. Then there's the vital sheath. That's called the pranamaya kosha, Mm -hmm. and that consists of subtle life force energy that's flowing through our subtle body. Mm -hmm. Then we have the manamaya kosha, which is our mental body, mental sheath, and that consists of not only our mind and our attention, but it also consists of our senses. Then we have the Vigyana Maya Kosha, which is our intellect ego sheath, mm-hmm. and then the Ananda Maya Kosha, which is our causal body. So these are the five sheaths that make up our aura or energy field. Our aura is that which pervades, permeates, surrounds, and fills our physical body. So we have this gross physical body, and we also have this subtle body with these various layers or sheets. We have other names that we call them, don't we? That we're more, um, uh, we are more comfortable in, in hearing. Is that true or not true? Well, we can call it the physical body, the vital body, the mental body, the intellect, ego body, and the causal okay. body. Those are the five sheets. Okay of mm-hmm. our gross physical and subtle body. Okay. Okay. I understand that. And um, <laughs> we're going to go back to something that I I believe we know that. But when I said chakra and it's chakra, how do you correctly pronounce the Sanskrit word? <laughs> that is exactly what I said, correct? The Sanskrit word is chakra. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, now, um, okay, I I totally understand what this is, and a lot of people do, I'm sure. I'm sure they all know it. But can you explain what the Kundalini is? Okay, before we explain that, we're going to have to understand what prana is. Okay. Now, prana oh, is, that's is, correct. Li- mm-hmm. is li- life force energy. Life force energy, that which is keeping you alive. Mm-hmm. And life force energy, in, in India, they call that prana. In China, they call it chi. Mm-hmm. And in Japan, they call it ki. So this life force energy is flowing through your subtle body, specifically in that one sheath called the vital sheath or pranamaya kosha. That's your pranic body or vital sheath body. And subtle energy... Life force energy is flowing through that body and is keeping
keeping your physical body alive. In the ancient scriptures of India, it is said that when prana is in the body, that is what is defined as life, and when prana leaves the body, that is what is defined as death. So this prana is actually what's moving and motivating your physical body. Prana brings movement and it brings heat to the physical body. So when the body dies, it grows cold and is motionless. So prana prana is that precious substance which is keeping your body going. And prana flows through your subtle body. It flows through your vital sea in specific pathways or conduits. It flows through these conduits. The conduits are called nadi in India and mm-hmm. they're called meridian in China. Mm-hmm. So the, where many of these conduits of energy intersect, they form plexuses. And the plexuses are what's called chakra. Okay. So these chakra are, are plexuses of subtle energy that are keeping your physical body alive. Now you wanted to know what kundalini is. Before we go so, into that, could I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Yes, I understand all of the um, different meanings in the different countries and where they came from and why. Do we have anything corresponding like that in, in the Western culture? We do not because the uh, scientific minds of the West, mm-hmm. the medical profession of the West, do not believe that chakras exist simply because they cannot measure them or see them. They are, in fact, not in this physical body. They mm-hmm. are in another dimension. They're in a subtle dimension. Therefore, if you dissect a corpse, you're not going to find a chakra, a nadi, prana, any of that. You're just not going to find that. Okay. Have, so, have, even have though, they met? Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though prana exists, it hasn't been measured scientifically. So, therefore, according to the Western mind and Western science, they simply don't exist. Haven't they begun to start doing that with Reiki? And haven't they begun to start uh, measuring that um, scientifically, or me- I should say metaphysically, that they are starting mm-hmm. to recognize this, or no? Not the... Uh, not, not, the, not to that degree, no, no. I know. That's okay. the established medical profession, but of course there have been many scientific studies. In fact, in my book, The Power of Auras, mm-hmm. um, I have many, many studies on, right. on subtle energy, and also in my book, Awaken Your Third Eye. In both those books, I have a lot of scientific research mm-hmm. that is cited, uh, where there have been many studies where they've measured through... They measure electromagnetic fields and other ways of measuring these subtle bodies, the auric fields. They've actually done studies on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind them, if you're interested in that part of it, guys, and what we have learned or not, awaken your third eye and exploring auras. Correct, Dr. Susan? 
Yeah. Are those the books? Okay. Awaken Your Third Eye and The Power of Ors. Oh, The Power of Ors. Okay. those two books, yeah, I do mm. talk about the scientific research if you really want to learn more about scientific research on the energy field. Yes. Right. Okay. So, yes, now we want to know, what is Kundalini? Now, Kundalini is a subtle... Uh, is a pranic energy. It's a specific kind of pranic energy. It's a spiritual pranic energy. Now, kundal means curled up, literally. It's a Sanskrit word that means curled up. So kundal, curled up, is curled up in your root chakra, in the chakra that's at the base of your spine. This kundalini energy resides in average individuals the kundalini is asleep. In the ancient scriptures of India, it says that it's coiled three and a half times around the Shiva Linga, and it, is, it has head downward. So what that means is that it is curled up and asleep. So what does that mean? It means that it has not been awakened. It is really dormant. It has potential, but it hasn't been awakened in normal average individuals. Anybody who's listening to this show, however, your kundalini has arisen to some degree or another, or you wouldn't even be interested in these topics that you cover on your show. So kundalini is a subtle energy, very fine, very refined, subtle energy that's curled up, coiled up. And when you do some spiritual practices, it awakens. You can wake it up. So it flows through a specific nadi. If you recall, I was talking about the nadi or meridian. That's, those are the conduits or tubes, energy tubes, through which prana flows, through mm-hmm. which this life force energy flows. Right. So kundalini, when it wakes up, it forces that tube, the energy tube. The tube is called sushumna nadi. So this mm-hmm. one specific tube gets uh, stimulated and it gets awakened and then Kundalini wakes up and starts to flow up through the spinal canal. That's where the Shumna Nadi is, right in the center of the spinal canal. Although, remember, it's not in your physical body. It's in your subtle body. Mm-hmm. But it flows up through there. So people have experiences of something going up their spine often when they have a kundalini awakening. It feels like there's a rush of energy or there's some feeling of, oh, ants crawling up your spine or a feeling of heat going up the spine, something like that. So you're feeling some energy flowing up the spine, and that is what's called kundalini. And as Kundalini rises up the spine, it awakens your chakras. It awakens the chakras one by one, awakening, awakening, awakening as you're going up the spine. So that's what Kundalini is. It's a spiritual energy, and it helps you to become more uh, highly evolved, not only a greater spiritual awareness, but also it awakens your clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient abilities. Okay. Um, can I ask another question? Sure. I have had um, my Kundalini opened many times in so many different workshops and classes, but 
it doesn't feel as if it's awoken now. <laughs> do do you do somebody have to continually continually open it with yoga or some sort of practice, or does it um, stay open once it's opened? Well, it opens and then kind of closes, sort of closes. It, it never really closes down okay. completely mm-hmm. once it has awakened. Okay. But in order for it, closes. it to be fully, fully, 100% awakened, you would be spiritually fully enlightened. You would be oh, I'm far from that, very so highly evolved, cosmically conscious no, 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 no. individual. Yeah, that's not me. So, yeah, so mine's kind of closed. And for me to do that, I would have to really, you know, meditate, yoga. I understand. Okay. So what is the purpose of raising our kundalini? I think we know, but I think we answered that. Well, really, the purpose is spiritual illumination, meaning that you become, you realize who you really are. You realize God. You realize what your place is in the universe. And you realize the ultimate truth. That's what spiritual enlightenment consists of. So once you have awakened kundalini, it means that you are fully evolved. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to practice kundalini yoga in order to attain that state. There are many paths of yoga. There are many ways to get to the same goal, not only Eastern ways, but even Western ways. There are many Mm -hmm. saints in the West who have become spiritually enlightened and they exactly. never studied the practices of quote unquote yoga. I know. And I, or, I was yeah. just going to ask that question. There are many ways. Yoga is not for me. I've tried it. And there are other ways that are so much more my style that are comfortable and, and really take me to where I want to go. So could you tell us what some of those ways are? Okay, so the word yoga has nothing to do with exercises in a gym, all right? Mm -hmm. The word yoga is is a Sanskrit word, and it comes from uh, a root, which is yuj. And yuj means to bind or to yoke. In fact, it comes from the same... uh, its meaning is exactly the same as religion. Religion also comes has the same root, uh, same meaning of the root, which is to, to bind or to yoke. So what are we binding? What are we yoking when we're experiencing yoga or we're, you know, experiencing religion? What is it? We are yoking the individual spirit with universal spirit. So we're yoking our individual soul, individual spirit with, with the all that is, with God, with the universal spirit. So that's what yoga means. Yoga is not a practice. Yoga is a state. It's a state of consciousness. So that state of consciousness can be attained through many different ways. And there are many paths of yoga that are described in the ancient scriptures of India such as Hatha Yoga, which is the only form of yoga that people in the West really are, have been exposed to very much. Hatha Yoga means physical culture, where you practice certain practices like the asanas, meaning postures, yoga postures, 
also the pranayama, meaning the breathing exercises, the bandhas, which are physical laws. I think there's been a technical difficulty. And we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back at the BBS Radio Station 1. Everybody, welcome back to the BBS radio station one with Meta Mondays, Adina Bannock, and our wonderful guest, Dr. Susan Shumsky. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Susan. Can you please continue with how many different or what is yoga? I think you were at right. Hatha, correct? Right, I was talking about Hatha yoga. And there's many other paths of yoga. Another one would be bhakti yoga, for example, which means devotional practices. Another would be karma yoga, which means selfless service. Mm. Another would be mantra yoga, which means using sacred sounds in meditation. Raja yoga, which means meditating and going very deep into transcendental Mm -hmm. consciousness. Uh, there is integral yoga, which means integrating many different forms of yoga. There are many, many yogic practices. Kundalini yoga means raising the kundalini. But really, all of these practices have corresponding traditional practices done in the West and in the East. So it isn't just in India or in China where where this where we are getting spiritually awakened. You can do that through prayer, through meditation, through different ways that are also done in the West. Even exercise is a form of meditation, although I don't partake of that kind (laughs) of um, awakening, but it does. Some people feel that it is like that, although I don't. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Although you need it, I don't do that. I do TM and other things. But Yes, it. I, I. This is amazing. So, what is the purpose of raising our kundalini? Well, the purpose of raising the kundalini would to be to reach the goal of spiritual awakening or spiritual enlightenment. So, it's one way to do it. Uh, kundalini can be raised naturally, though, through all these different forms of yoga that I mentioned. You don't have to practice kundalini yoga specifically in order to attain that goal. Why do they call it a snake? I know, I'm just... Well, they call it a snake because because it's the curled up, kunda, kunda means curled Mm -hmm. up, so it looks like it's curled up like a snake, or I shouldn't say looks, you know, that is how it's described in the ancient scriptures of India, coiled up or curled up, curled up energy. Why do we have, why do you have 14 chakras in your book rather than the seven we are used to seeing? Right. There are seven major chakras. Those seven are the base root chakra, the pelvic chakra, the navel chakra, 
the heart chakra, throat chakra, third eye chakra, and the crown chakra. Those are the major seven. But when my publisher asked me to write the book, The Power of Chakras, I went back to the ancient scriptures of India to find the most authentic information that I could find on the subject. So what I found in the ancient Vedic and Tantric scriptures was that there were 14 chakras described. There's the seven major chakras, and then there are seven other chakras, most of which are in your head or above your head. But then there's another one right below your heart, and there's one at the uvula in the back of your throat. So those, that's where the, the chakras reside. Okay. So the other seven are right behind our throat. No. Is that they are that, that, that's what you actually said? No? They, they are, as I said, they are in your head or mm-hmm. above your head, and one of them is right below your heart, and one of them is in the back of your throat. Okay. And so then what we're saying is the other seven are at on those places. So they're a higher chakras. Chakras. <laughs> They aren't necessarily higher or lower. They're just other major chakras. But we, in fact, have hundreds of chakras in our subtle body. And Mm -hmm. those are called acupressure points or acupuncture points in the Chinese Mm -hmm. system, uh, marma points in the Ayurvedic system. The Mm -hmm. reality is that there's, you know, much more to heaven and earth than is dreamt of in your philosophy. I mean... Right, exactly. I know. I've had acupuncture many, many times. So I know where all the meridian points are. Um, Right. Could you just explain? I'm curious. I can't help it. Uh, Can you explain the other seven chakras and what they do? Exactly. So we have, uh, for example, the Hrit chakra that's right below the heart chakra. That's Mm -hmm. a devotional chakra. That's where the personal deity resides and the wish-fulfilling tree and the, like the throne of the deity. There's also the uh, Talu chakra, which is right there in the back of your throat in your uvula. Uvula is that little thing that's hanging down, dangling down in the back (laughs) of your throat. That is the nectar chakra that is associated with the Nectar of Immortality, also known as Soma, or known as the Philosopher's Stone, is the immortal nectar, which flows down, trickles down from, some people believe it's manufactured in your head and then trickles down there into the throat chakra, uh, into the, um, I'm sorry, the Talu chakra, which is in the uvula. Then we have the... um, the um, manas chakra, which is the seat of your mental body, and that one is in the third ventricle. Then we have your yeah. of the brain. Then we have the intellect ego chakra, also known as the Indu chakra, which is also nearby there in the brain. Then we have the nirvana chakra, that's a, a point right at the top of your skull, which is associated with absorption of, um, shall we say, absorption of the elements, absorption of consciousness into one point. 
Then we have the uh, Guru Chakra, that's in the lower part of the Crown Chakra, which is uh, which is from which all of the, shall we say, the vibrations of the universe, in other words, mm-hmm. the sound ohm splitting into 50 mantric units, those 50 mm-hmm. mantric units are all in the Guru Chakra, uh, which out of which the entire universe springs. Then we have the Bindu point, which is above the Sahasrara, above the crown chakra, and that is the final, shall we say, singularity uh, that we all get absorbed back into uh, at the end of our cycle of evolution. Which, which definitely to... that definitely brings me to the next question, and this kind of excites me because um, when I when I do my my healings for people and I tell them what to do after I finish is to, to do their attunements themselves when they want to, it goes to your book, Color Your Chakras. And um, we want to know what what are the chakras in your book, Color Your Chakras, so they can really be able to do this. And it's going to be wonderful. So, could you tell us? Uh, What chakras are in that book? No, yes, yes, in your book. Because they are not the same. Yes, all the chakras that are in the book, Color Your Chakras, are the 14 chakras. Yes, but I'm saying they're not the same as we are used to. That was my point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some more. (laughs) <laughs> there are right. more because people are generally only talking about the seven major chakras. Exactly. But and it's, there, there and are it's more. fun seven and they'll more. really learn them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you, if you color the chakras, you're going to really learn them, but exactly. you're also going to mm-hmm. be awakening them as you're coloring them because placing your attention on something makes yeah. that thing uh, uh, enlivens that thing. Right. Uh, so you're awakening it as you're coloring the chakras are awakening these energies. It's a powerful spiritual practice in itself to color the chakras. Yes. So um, do you want to go through them or no? We just did. Or, you know, you don't want to no, we go, can through, go them. through them. I would like we to. I just want to because I think I really want everyone to, how do I say this, to be exposed to what they are as, you know, from, from either the lower to the higher. And I know you don't want to call it that, but you know, uh, whatever, however you want to do that. So we can understand how coloring them and how opening them as we do that would really just awaken them. Mm-hmm. But we could, we could also do that with our next question though, because, um, I don't know. No, I don't know about that. Let's, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? Do you want to go through them? And well, we and, just went through the seven seven um, minor chakras, or I don't know if you want to call them minor, but we went through the seven other chakras. Uh, okay. If you want, we could discuss the seven major chakras. Okay, but you said let's your do that. Already knows sure. all about those. Sure. Okay, let's go through them. Are we going from um, the the root? To the yeah. crown? Okay. Right. So the root chakra is uh, Muladhara, which means root or base chakra. It's at the base of your spine. 
it is associated with your uh, organs of elimination. In other words, the chakras, uh, chakra actually, the word chakra means wheel. It's a wheel because it has a hub where many of these nadis or subtle conduits of energy intersect. And it has spokes, which are radiations of subtle energy, chronic energy. So muladhara being root chakra, associated with the organs of elimination. Svadishtana chakra is, uh, is in your sacral area, in the sacral part of your spine. Mm-hmm. And that is associated with your gonads and or, uh, organs of reproduction. The Manipura chakra is at the navel, associated with organs of a digestion and with the fire of digestion. And the Anahata chakra is the heart chakra, which is right there in your heart area, associated with the organs of the heart and the lungs. The Vishuddha chakra is in your throat area, which is associated with the um, with your expression, your mm-hmm. in other words, speech yes. and expression, um, artistic expression, all kinds of expression. The mm-hmm. Agya chakra is your third eye chakra, which is in so is located in your pineal gland and associated with spiritual illumination and the development of intuitive abilities such as clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. And then your crown chakra is above your head, and it's called Sahasrara chakra, and that's associated with spiritual union with uh, final spiritual enlightenment. You, you teach this the way I learned it, and I, I learned that the Hava chakra was the organs of elimination and so many people have that flipped around now and i don't really understand why they have that with the um with the second chakra and i don't understand why they did that but um some people put those two chakras together they lump them into one chakra. i don't know why it doesn't make sense to me Right. So I've uh, always, whenever I'm reading it, society. yeah, whenever I'm reading um, a list and I'm reading it out loud to, to, to uh, you know, my audience, I will say, this is not how I learned it. I learned it the other way, but that's how they mm-hmm. make lists now. And it's awful, I think. But okay. Thank you so much for going over them. Um, okay. What are some of the myths about chakras, chakras <laughs> that we need to know? Well, myths. Okay, so first of all, people don't pronounce the word correctly, which drives me nuts. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Simply because it's a Sanskrit word. It's consisting of Sanskrit letters, and I know how those letters are pronounced. So it mm-hmm. kind of drives me nuts when people don't pronounce the word correctly. So that would be one um, uh, myth. But there are other myths, you know, people well, that think that there are certain colors. That was colors. just somebody is not not well-versed. You know, that's not a myth, though. Correct. Yeah. There's also people do associate, uh, like, rainbow kind of colors with the chakras. That really, oh, that's a good those, one. That's very colors good. Colors are not really associated with those chakras at all in anywhere in the ancient scriptures of India. 
Can you tell uh, us actually, like, some of them? Yeah, so what is associated with the chakras are the planets and the days of the week and gemstones. And mm-hmm. because of the fact that these planets are associated with the chakras, there are colors associated with them, esoteric colors, but not the colors that people are, you know, usually right. associated. Well, I so. definitely, ha- I know the gemstones that are associated with them. So you're saying that those gemstones are those colors. There are several gemstones no, for each Actually, chakra. not necessarily, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily? Now, the gemstone colors. The gemstone colors are not really the colors that are associated with chakras. Actually, if you look at the cover of my book, Color Your mm-hmm. Chakras, mm-hmm. it actually has the colors that are described in the ancient scriptures of India. Okay, I the do. Colors, yeah. The different mm-hmm. colors are uh, described in great, great detail in mm-hmm. the ancient scriptures of India. Uh, so, for example, the root chakra has a yellow square. It's got a... Uh, it's got a Sanskrit letter, lum, which is yellow. It's got yellow, different uh, other Sanskrit letters that are on the petals. It's got red petals. It's got, um, you know, there's. it's got a green lingam. I mean, you know, it's just the way that they're described in the ancient scriptures. However, mm-hmm. there are days of the week and planets that are associated right. with these chakras. And therefore, there are colors as well, just, you know, colors, basically, like, for example, the navel chakra, which is red, because it's Sunday, the day of the sun, the solar plexus, the red ruby, and it's just red, it just is red, so it's that, uh, because of the fact that it is tremendous amount of life force energy in that chakra, navel, and life force energy is thought of as red, you know, I mean, just like that, you can associate certain um, you can associate certain colors, but they're and they not associate what it with uh, yellow here, <clears throat> I believe, right? That is well, the closest yeah, the, that I can West, think of, or is that West, the orange? Yeah. The yeah, red, the or West, I people, mean, yellow or orange? Mm, I'm not sure what's closest to. Um, usually, yeah, they know. associate the navel chakra with yellow in in the West. Yeah, that is yellow. In okay, New mm-hmm. Age. Let's just say New Age. Yes. The New Age mm-hmm. does it that way. Yeah. Yes. So, so there's really right. nothing okay. yellow about that chakra. But And it's will so and it's spontaneity. And it is, um, yeah, I understand that. It makes a lot of sense. And I, okay, so that is, what about another myth? Well, also people think, <laughs> some people believe that certain chakras are supposed to spin in certain directions or something. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I have had a whole big debate about that. And um, people say that there's a definite one way. And I feel that it, I do believe it's supposed to spin. Tell me I'm right about that. No? Well, you can say I'm wrong. No, I'm not going to say that you're wrong about chakras spinning because chakras might they might radiate they vibrate they do different things they're they're centers of chronic energy is mainly what they are Um, I don't know there's nothing in the ancient scriptures that says that they spin but 
people if people experience them as spinning, I'm not going to deny people's experience of spinning. Well, they're taught that it's supposed to spin. I don't really know anyone who wasn't taught they're supposed to spin either clockwise or counterclockwise, and that's how it's being taught around here. I mean, when I say around yeah, here, I, know. I mean in as Reiki, um, uh, all sorts of ways in attunements. Yeah, whether you're I, a Reiki master or learning chakra balancing, chakra. <laughs> I it's still taught to be spinning one way or the other. No one radiates. I'm aware that that's the way it's taught. Yes. So good lesson, guys. If you happen to be doing this yourself and it pulses, let it pulse. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the reality is people have their own personal experiences. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a good idea to try to manipulate chakras to do one thing or another. I mean, the, the point is to awaken the chakras and have as much chronic energy flowing through them. You know something, this is amazing because I used to do this every single day and so many times I did not want to go through that whole spinning thing. I would just gently turn each one on and I would just simply go boom, 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 touch each one. I would also do the sound associated that I knew at the time with each one and that was it. That's all I did because I didn't have time really to do the whole spinning thing. And so that was just intuitive. And if people feel that way, I guess what Dr. Susan is saying is that's the right way for you. Exactly. The right way for you is the right way for you. So if you're experiencing something, let it happen. If If you're feeling a certain way, let it happen. Just allow it to happen. And That's perfect. That really made yeah. me feel better <laughs> because I used to do yeah. that all the time. So um, are there any other myths that would really help us? Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what people say when they say they're balancing their chakras. I'm sorry, but that I've never heard of it. There's nothing in the ancient scriptures of India that talks about balancing chakras. I don't know nothing. that either. I really don't. I say I say that I attune them for people. When I do a, and I don't even know what I mean about it. I will tell you what I do mean. When and you please, I would love to know what you think about this. When I do that, I'm doing Reiki, but I'm also doing their chakras. That's part of what I do. And when I do that, I will see the colors of it, but I will also get information from my Reiki masters and they will tell me what their chakras are telling them. And there's a lot of emotional content that comes out for me and what they mean. And tell me if this sounds, you know, if this is all applicable, I will get like somebody's throat chakra will be, they will be using some of their sacral chakra in connection with their throat, because that might be stronger. Does that make sense to you? Yes. In my book, okay. The Power of Chakras, I have a chart that shows how those are associated, the sacral with the throat, for example, because the sacral chakra 
is involved with lower creativity and the thorough chakra is involved with higher creativity. So, yes, they are Perfect. associated. Lower and higher chakras are associated. And, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, in fact, it's a good idea for all the chakras to be vibrant and alive and awakened. And um, that's maybe that's what people say when they're talking about, quote-unquote, balancing the that's chakras. That's probably it, yes. That's it. I don't... That's it, because often when I go in to work on someone, they are using more of one chakra and one is not on or one is, yeah, one is not turned on, one is not working, another one is overly working, and that happens quite often, and that's what they mean. Well. Yeah, I, I don't know about overly working, but th- sometimes uh, there are energies that are blocked in the chakras. Right, exactly. And they are, as you said, they're very much involved with emotional issues. Every one of the chakras is definitely involved with emotional issues, and these emotional I- issues do get stuck, and they are uh, definitely centered in in these different chakra areas. Yes, definitely. Right. And I and I hear. So for me, it's it's just another dimension because I will hear what is wrong, and I'll see it as well. Exactly. So that's yeah. why. But um, yeah, yeah. A balancing. I don't. I don't use. I think. I don't think I use words like that. I always do use that I am attuning someone because that's exactly right. what I'm doing. Exactly. Is that okay? Uh-huh. Well, okay. that makes sense. Makes right. perfect sense. Whatever makes sense to people. If they want to, if they want to use the term balancing, as long as they understand what that means, it's fine. You know, I explain it in a page. I have a whole page on what I do. So it, mm-hmm. I'm sure it does. If it doesn't, I would hope they would tell me. Yeah. So you know, I can't believe it's almost an hour. I want to uh, just move in and see if we could get. Um, I don't. I don't know if we have time about that. But do we have time for what are the chakras related to elements, sensors, and and senses and organs? Maybe we can quickly. Yes, the seven major chakras are associated with uh, various days of the week with. Uh, gemstones, with uh, senses, with organs, with elements, mm-hmm. all of that. So okay. we have the root chakra, which is um, associated with the element of earth, the earth element. Mm-hmm. And it is um, it's associated with the organs of elimination, uh, with the... Mm-hmm. Um, we just went through it's that. So sort of, just give us the gemstone for that. Okay, the gemstone for the root chakra is the red coral. Uh, mm-hmm. associated with the day of the week, Tuesday, and the mm-hmm. planet Mars. Uh, then we have the pelvic chakra, which is associated with the uh, Monday, day of the moon, moon day. And that is uh, the planet moon. It is the gemstone, moonstone, or pearl associated with your fecundity, your fertilization, your procreation. Then we have the navel chakra. We talked about that earlier. The yes. red ruby, the yes. uh, the stomach, the 
digestion Mm -hmm. and all of that uh, is Mm -hmm. the day of the week is Sunday, obviously, the day of the sun. Then we have uh, the uh, heart chakra, which is Saturn, Saturn Day, the day of Saturn, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the the blue sapphire. It is the the heart and the lungs and the day Mm -hmm. is Saturday. Uh, the planet is Saturn. And then we have the uh, throat chakra, which is the planet Venus, which has to do with creativity and expression. The diamond, it is the day of the week, is Friday, or Vendredi, day of Venus. Then we have the uh, third eye, which mm-hmm. is in your pineal gland. That is uh, the mm. planet is Jupiter, which is, uh, in Sanskrit, the word Jupiter is guru. Guru means Hmm. Jupiter. So that's the inner teacher, which is in your third eye. And it is associated with higher intuition and higher knowledge and illumination. And then your crown chakra is uh, associated with Mercury. Uh, The um, green emerald day of the week is Wednesday. So um, that's how the days of the week are associated, and that comes from the ancient knowledge of Jyotish or Vedic Hindu astrology. Oh, my God, this was so amazing. Um, Everyone, please remember this. Dr. Susan can be found at drsusan.org or divinetravels.com. Dr. Susan, I want to really thank you. Would you please come back? And there's so much to talk about. And I I know everybody out there would love to ask her questions about so many other things. Um, So may we have you back again? Yes, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay, then. We're going to set that up. Everyone, thank you so much. And I'll see you next week. At BBS Radio Station One with Meta Mondays and Adina Bannock. Bye bye, everybody.